Hello, everybody. Welcome back to our midweek teaching series. Uh, we are in a series called Regarding Scripture, and uh, it's been a lot of fun. Uh, I've been really cool to be a part of this series. Uh, this is nearing an end. We only have three weeks left. Next week, DJ will be back, and he'll be talking about, um, is the story of Scripture really all about Jesus? And then I'll be back, and I'm, we're gonna, I'm going to share some uh, free online Bible study tools and we'll be talking about the Bible app and other cool things that we can uh, have at our fingertips uh, to use to, to study, to access the Bible. And then DJ will wrap up our series by talking about um, the importance of reading Scripture in community, of, of reading Scripture, studying Scripture together uh, with other Christ followers. So today we want to ask this question that's on the screen um, and uh, kind of tackle this question together. How do we take the Bible seriously in our postmodern world? Uh, a lot of what I'm going to share today comes right from this book by Michael Bird called Seven Things I Wish Christians Knew About the Bible. We've referenced this little book throughout this series. Um, on page 123, he, uh, he makes this statement. He says, the real issue is not whether we take the Bible literally, but whether we take the Bible seriously. And so we want to, we want to ask, like, how do we take the Bible seriously? Um, how do we be like a really um, wise student of scripture and, and read it um, the way that it was intended to be read? And so uh, we're going to ask the question, how does the, first of all, how does the biblical text or what does the biblical text mean? When we're reading a portion of scripture, we're we're asking that question, okay, what is what I'm reading, you know, this, this chapter, this, this uh, passage of scripture, what does this mean? And uh, first of all, like, there's this literary understanding. As you read a story, as you read a passage of scripture, you're just reading it to kind of get the, uh, the basic, just like get the information, get the story, um, figure out kind of like, what are the facts? Uh, what's going on here? Uh, it's the basic story and the features of an argument that the text lays out. Um, and then you're also reading for significance and application. You're reading it, um, uh, you're, you're reading it to, uh, and you're asking yourself the questions like, what does this remind me of? Uh, what does it make me think about? You know, what do I relate to in this text? Uh, what, do, what do I remember and think about when I read the text? And that's kind of a very basic uh, approach to reading scripture, just trying to get a feel for the information, the facts, you know, basic comprehension of the text. And then like, what do you, what do you remember and think about and feel when you're, when you're reading this passage? But I want to kind of like push us a little bit uh, further beyond that. And when we ask the question, what does the biblical text mean? I think it's important to ask the question, what is the author's intent? What, what was the author trying to say to his or her audience? Now, a couple of weeks ago, we were, we were talking about how to study scripture. You know, we were talking about observation, interpretation, and application. And, and this, is, this is part of interpretation, asking the question, what is the author trying to say to his or her audience? And sometimes it's really hard to figure out. Uh, you know, you're, you're reading a, a passage of scripture like what Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians when he says, for if a woman does not cover her head, she might as well have her hair cut off. But if it is a disgrace for a woman to have her hair cut off or her head shaved, 
then she should cover her head. And you're just like, what is Paul trying to say here? You know, and yeah, we have a few ideas of maybe what he's trying to say, but I don't know if any of us are like 100% certain of what Paul was trying to get after here. Um, so sometimes it's really hard to understand what the author is trying to communicate. And then sometimes what the author uh, is communicating is, um, well, we've, we've kind of, we've taken it to mean something that maybe it wasn't intended to mean. Uh, you know, the authors can, can sometimes be wiser than they know. Uh, they had no idea that we were going to take their writing to mean this or to, or to connect with this, you know, because Jesus comes along later and he quotes this author. And it's like all of a sudden, wow, what this person said is like extremely important. And so, uh, so yeah, what does the biblical text mean? We have to ask the question, what's the author trying to say? So when it comes to these three things, uh, a lot of times people just fall into one of these camps. So they're like, okay, if you want to know what the scripture text means, you have to arrive at the author's intent. And that's all that matters. Or sometimes people will say it's, it's just the text, right? It doesn't matter what the author wrote, right? It doesn't matter, uh, you know, what it means to the readers. It, just let the text speak for itself. Have you ever heard that? So uh, inside the text, it's the story, it's the rhetoric, it's the, uh, the uh, dynamics inside of a text. Um, meaning is entirely independent of the author's intention and is found exclusively in the text. And um, that has problems, right? That has a lot of problems because sometimes we, we, we bring our presuppositions into the text or we're trying to let the text speak for itself, but we don't really understand how it fits and and, and all of that. There's a third camp that sometimes people fall into, and it's just, it's, it's in the hands of the readers, right? So uh, scholar Dale Martin, he likes to illustrate this point by uh, just putting a Bible on a podium and uh, stepping back and, um, you know, and just inviting people to just listen to what the Bible has to say. And after a few embarrassing moments of silence, uh, Martin says, um, you know, apparently, uh, the Bible can't talk by which he means, you know, texts don't say anything. They must be read. All right. And so, uh, his, his, his point is that, you know, it's to be read. It's, uh, it's in the hands of the readers to, uh, to try to understand what this text means. And again, this can go, uh, this can go wrong in many ways. If this is the only approach to trying to figure out what scripture means. So where is, where, where does meaning reside? Is it in the author's intent? Is it in the text itself? Is it in like the reader's hands? Um, and, and the answer to that is yes. Yes to all three. Uh, yeah, it, it's not one or the other. It's all of these things working together. Uh, it's the fusion of all of these three things. It's the intention of the authors. It's the dynamics within the text. It's the understanding of the readers. All of these things work together uh, to form connections, like this web of connections, so that we can understand what the text means. And so as, um, as Michael Bird says, he kind of steps back after he explains all of this. And he's like, in the big picture, and the big picture meaning, uh, it's to include what the author would say to us now, 
and how the biblical texts challenge and energize us and how our churches today imagine responding to a given text. It's all three of those things. So it's like, it starts very basic by just us reading the text, trying to get the facts, right? Trying to make some sense of a literary context. It's for us like asking these questions, like how do I relate to this? What speaks to me in this? But then it's asking the questions, what's the author trying to communicate? What's the text itself? You know, what, what does the text uh, say itself? And, and what do we as readers, how do we interpret this? It's all of that working together. I want to give you uh, a few tips that Michael Bird shares in this book, a few tips for interpretation. He actually calls it C4. And he's like, no, I don't mean a type of plastic explosive. You know, rather, I mean four words that begin with the letter C. And I, I find this very helpful for us uh, when it comes to interpreting scripture today uh, in 2022, because uh, we are dealing with a very ancient text, an ancient document. And so four C's, um, these are pretty easy to remember. The first C is this, uh, context. Uh, yeah, that, that's probably no surprise, context. And there's, there's a few different things under this um, context. First of all, um, famous Methodist minister Ben Witherington says a text without a context is just a pretext for whatever you want it to mean. Uh, he makes a good point um, that that context is like super, super important um, for understanding what a text means. And so there's historical context. Again, we're dealing with a very old document. And so we need to read it and, and try to figure out, okay, what in the world is happening uh, in history when this is being written, right? What, what's happening in Babylon? What's happening with Israel? What's happening in the Roman Empire as we're reading this text? And then there's literary context. And this is so important before you pull a phrase or a verse right out and, you know, put it on a bumper sticker. You better know, like, does this verse, like how you're interpreting this verse, does it fit with what um, is being said before and after it, right? Does it fit in its context? A lot of times we just kind of cherry pick and we just pull a verse right out of its context and, the author is like, no, I did not intend for that verse to be used like that. I was, I was talking to these specific people about this specific issue. Um, and so it's important to pay attention to literary context. There's also a canonical context. And so, you know, we, we read each chapter, we read each book of the Bible, not just as a standalone document, but also as part of a larger and distinct literary body, the biblical canon. And so when we're reading in the Gospel of Luke, we're also keeping in mind what Matthew writes and what John writes and, and even what Isaiah the prophet writes. We're, we're keeping all of that in mind as we read uh, certain parts of Scripture. Number two, the second C is content. Content, that's um, where you engage in a close reading of the biblical text and you analyze like main subjects that the text is referring to. The, the main literary devices that the text contains. And so I want to just highlight a few literary devices. All right. You probably did not click on this midweek teaching to get an English lesson, um, but it's important as we're reading scripture to pay attention to the content. And, and one of the things to pay attention to is the genre. 
and DJ talked about that a few weeks ago. Uh, genre is worth knowing about. Uh, you know, a book that begins like once upon a time should be interpreted a lot differently than a label on a plastic container that says, take three times a day with meals, <laughs> right? Um, knowing the genre of a biblical book and knowing the, the, the conventions and expectations of a given genre can help, uh, help us avoid many mistakes when it comes to interpretation. The second literary device is story. I love biblical narrative. I love story in scripture. But again, it's so important to pay attention to like the plot and the main characters and tension uh, within the story and the repetition of themes and tragedy and um, the view of the narrator. Just pay attention to all of that when you're reading story in scripture. Uh, there's uh, rhetorical features. Um you know, that's how parts of the Bible seek to persuade, not merely to impart information to someone, but to like move them toward a certain point of view. So pay attention to how the Bible through maybe its argument or its imagery, commands, metaphor, uh, pay attention for how that tries to persuade the reader or persuade the audience to adopt a certain point of view or a particular form of behavior. There's this uh, fancy word called intertextuality, and uh, which is, you know, how does a biblical book refer to other biblical books? Um, you know, it's like when Paul says that Christ, our Passover lamb, has been sacrificed. Um, he says that in 1 Corinthians 5-7. He invokes the story of the Exodus, and the first Passover in Exodus chapter 12. And so pay attention to how different scripture passages um, repeat or echo other parts of scripture. Pay attention to exhortations and commands. That's content. Content. Um, the, the, the third C, concern. All right, so we had context, we had content, and now we have concern. and this is um, this is trying to discover like what the main concern of the author is all about. So to, sim to, to put it simply, ask yourself these questions as you're reading a, a certain part of scripture. What is the author getting at through the text, right? What is the author's main concern here? What, what is the point that he's trying to make? Um, why has the author written this text in this particular way? What type of response was the author trying to activate in the reader? I like this little question. This is a good tip. If we did not have this particular verse, paragraph, or passage, what would we be missing? That's concern. And then number four, contemporary application. This is the last C, but is in by no means the least of the Cs. Um, contemporary application. This is the point where we ask, so what? I just read this passage. I just read this chapter or this book. So what? Uh, how, how does this text change anything I believe or do? How does this text lead us to a bigger view of God and his purposes? How does this text shape my walk with Christ? How does this text, how, how does what I just read help me to follow Christ even better? Contemporary application. I have to share this. Um, Michael Berg, <laughs> he wrote... Uh, he wrote a story um, called Worst Application Ever, 
uh, let's go to this and then we'll go back to my last point there. He, he writes this. This is funny. He's like, in my time, I've heard some of the crazy ways that people try to apply the Bible, right? Sometimes weird, sometimes wrong, sometimes cringeworthy. One particularly odd application that I was, a, that I was told about, again, it was secondhand, but it concerns a pastor who, who allegedly preached on Joshua 6 about the fall of the walls of Jericho. And uh, his application was, was to this effect. Men, if you are single, if there's a woman here whom you feel God is leading you toward marrying, then I invite you to walk around her seven times and blow your trumpet and the walls of her heart will crumble before you. There's allegory, Michael Bird says. And then there's just crazy stuff like that. My advice, if you ever find someone walking around you seven times, unless you're at an athletics track, run far and run fast. <laughs> oh, that's some pretty bad application there. Um, but uh, the point that I skipped there in the previous slide. Yeah, we asked the question, so what? How does this change what I believe or do? How does this help me to follow Christ? Sometimes it requires a scripturally shaped imagination. Like you read a passage of scripture, you might even read the story of the prodigal son. And then you think, okay, how can I put this into my context? Like, how is this relevant to me today, uh, June of 2022? Like, how, how is this relevant to me? And so it requires some, some imagination uh, on how to apply what you just read. So those are the four C's. Did you get them? We got uh, context. Exploring a text's historical, literary, and canonical settings. We have content, right? Investigating a text genre, story, argument, intertextuality, and commands. Concern, right? Identifying an author's primary agenda. And then contemporary application that asks the so what question. So um, I hope that this will help you uh, not just to uh, read, this, read the scripture and and go, I don't know what it's saying. I, I hope this helps you to ask some better questions, to dig into scripture a little bit deeper. And so again, that, that it can lead to transformation in your life. Um, let's all, in 2022, let's all take the Bible seriously and be good students of God's word. Hey, I hope you have a great rest of your week. Thanks for watching this mid, midweek teaching. Blessings to you all.